Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And once again, I want to thank you for making our show one of the most listened to shows through 1640, 620 AM, through our new FM station 92.3, and through the many podcast download outlets you follow us on. We have a huge show tonight. So welcome into my corner. This weekend, we are celebrating Father's Day. And it made me think about family and fathers. I was very lucky that I had such a wonderful dad. I was very close with him. And the one thing I know is that when he passed away and I was standing at his funeral, I didn't have to say I had any regrets in our relationship because I was daddy's little girl. Whether or not we had a disagreement or a fight, whether we teased each other or whether we celebrated the grandest of things together, we were there for each other. I am hoping that most of my listeners can say that. But unfortunately, in today's society, we know the family breakdown, especially the relationship with fathers and their children, is something that we should not be proud of as a society. I want you to think about, as we start to re-enter life the way we might have known it pre-COVID, about some of the things we learned during COVID, the value of life, the value of relationships, and the value of family. You know, it wasn't that many generations ago where sitting at the dinner table every night and having a special meal together was something that was expected, the norm. Even holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah of quality family time has been taken over by resort vacation destinations and gift giving. Is Secret Santa more important than dinner hour? I want you to think about that as you go out more. Make the time to call a family member a little more often because they survived COVID. Maybe Bake a batch of chocolate chip cookies and take them to a neighbor because you survived COVID together. And maybe we can all learn to be a little nicer to each other. You know what they say about the family tree? It starts at the trunk and it flourishes out. As you make daily planning and agendas, Build a tree. Start with yourself and branch out to your family. To everyone listening, happy Father's Day.
because every day should be Father's Day, Mother's Day, Grandparents' Day, Best Friends' Day, Proud to be an American Day, and of course, the day to listen to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. We have a huge show coming up, so stay tuned, and after the first commercial, we will have our first guest. And now your host. Okay. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. Our first guest is such an inspiration. We were talking about family values and you know, on our show, we talk about smart businesswomen and looking great. And our first guest is all that in one smiling face and great mind and beautiful body and face and smile and everything else. Teggy French actually is a fashion and I call her a lifestyle influencer. And she's going to tell us how she made herself a brand. And even working through COVID has expanded her brand. So welcome to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Hi, Cindy. Thank you so much. That was quite the introduction. You're making me blush over here. (laughs) But everybody knows knows I only say uh, the truth. So you say, leave the world a little more beautiful than when you arrived. And I think that epitomizes everything about you and I don't have a lot of time on social media, but you're one of the people that inspire me. And so I wanted you to inspire our many, many listeners from all over the world. Tell us a little bit about the Teggy French brand. Okay. Well, yes. Um, You know, I just feel like life is really what we make of it. And we are brought here and, you know, we need to come up with a way. So when we leave, we've made a mark and hopefully things are a little more sparkly and pretty when people look back and think of us. And for me, the Teggy French brand really started because a girl said to me, you should have a blog. And I thought to myself, huh, I should have a blog. Um, but it, the reason I say that is because I'm a big uh, proponent of people telling people when they see that they're talented at something um, because you need to listen to what the universe is handing you. And for so long, I was always trying to figure out what I wanted to do. But at the end of the day, I always, my passion was with fashion and with making people feel good about themselves. And I'm so grateful to that woman who said to me, you should start this because I literally got back from Vermont a couple days later and I launched it and came up with the name Teggy French, um, which was Teggy's a nickname of mine, which was off of my maiden name, Teggenborg and French is my middle name, which is my mom's maiden name. And I always had the vision of one day turning that blog into um, a caftan line which is kind of where I am now and then some. So it's been a fun process. So what I love about your um, line, first of all, I like to promote something for everyone on my show. Your line 
is it has every price range. So it's affordable for everyone, whether or not it's your headbands and accessories, you are famous for your earrings, your caftans, and also <laughs> all the um, treasures you have for dining, you know, uh, utensils and serveware, glassware. So there's something there for everybody um, any day, whether or not it's a gift or just pampering yourself. How did you start with the caftans? Yes, thank you. We try to make it a one-stop shop for everything that that you need. And definitely price point is very important to me. Um, Caftans were always something like the 1960s, I should say, not just caftans, but the 1960s, I was always really drawn to that. Um, and then into the seventies, Elizabeth Taylor really started wearing caftans and I'm all for comfort, but I think that comfort has gotten a little too casual. Um, so the caftan to me represents being comfortable while still looking really chic. So it does the same thing that our workout clothes might do for us. Um, but you just look a little more put together and you can be at home barefoot and, throw a pair of heels on and go to a party. Um, so I loved the versatility of them. And of course, your accessories. How do you come up with your ideas for your earrings? I mean, you have such a great earring collection. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, originally we got started with bow earrings um, because I've always loved bows. And then I, I saw a vintage bow earring and I thought to myself, well, let's try to recreate something similar to this. Um, and then it just kind of grew from there. And now um, I'm actually carrying a lot of other brands. So like these are not mine, but we do wholesale um, statement pieces on our site because I can't produce everything at this point. Um, so what I've done is really I spend a lot of time curating um, from other brands as well. I feel like I know your home because you share so much of your <laughs> home with everybody. Uh, each room is so unique. Uh, do you do a lot of interior design? I do. So I've done all of my own interior design. Um, and then I, the only thing I've ever done um, outside of that was I, I did a room for um, Mansion in May um, in in New Jersey here. Um, I, I love interior design. My mom and dad used to go to auctions every weekend. And um, my dad was an agent for artists. So he really has that eye for um, colors. And I think I just kind of inherited it from them. And I love the thrill of the hunt. So it's been fun. I don't think that when it comes to decorating, you should just do everything at once. I think as long as you're buying things that you really love over time, somehow it just ends up coming together. Do you have formal training in this? I don't. You see, so you could actually be an inspiration for anybody who just says, I, maybe I could do it. And then they could say, look at Teggy, and she did it. And, of course, you know, some people are very successful in social media um, businesses and some aren't. You are somebody that is. Tell us a little bit about social media and the growth of your business because you do inspire a lot of people. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, For me, I have tried to just stay consistent and true to myself, Um, you know, I have like the best supporters, um, 
some that started with me in the beginning. You know, it's much harder to grow a following these days. Um, so my advice is always to just kind of find your niche and and stick with it um, and really, you know, talk to people and find out what they want, be interactive. I think the Q&As are a great way to interact with people because um, they want to know more about you. But yeah, I mean, I think for me, I've just really tried to be consistent and authentic and hopefully that shows. So how long have you been in business? Oh my gosh. I have been in the business. What is it now? Eight years. So you came in at a time when Instagram was really growing. So uh, tell us where we can find you. Uh, My audience is going to want to go after this conversation to look at your pieces and purchase them. So where can they find you? Thank you. Um, So uh, my website is shop Teggy French. And that's where you can find new products every week. We also have a section that we're doing now of vintage finds. One of my favorite things to do is go vintage shop. And there you'll find things like my weekly under 100 picks, which are all of the products I've been searching all week to bring you all that cost under $100. No, you don't have to spend a lot of money to look fabulous. And you could always get great tips on her Instagram account because I do. I laugh when you talk about vintage. There are some things that you have that I actually have, like the bamboo silverware that no one in my house wanted to use for like 25, 30 years. And it's just sitting yes. there. And now I want it. <laughs> and I take I out all my real China now and I mix and match because I get ideas from you. You are an inspiration to me. And I said, I have to have my listeners get to know some of your work because you will influence them. You're always invited back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Teggy French, it's been a pleasure having you, and um, we look forward to seeing you again. Thank you, Cindy. It was so nice and fun to do this, so I hope to be back. And keep looking fabulous. I love the sparkles and the glasses, and your energy is amazing. So thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for what you're doing. The glasses go on because I can't put on my lashes anymore. I forgot how in COVID. I can't do all the makeup. We had to learn how to do everything ourselves. What? We <laughs> well, they to... look gorgeous. I said, I know. We had to learn how to do everything ourselves. <laughs> and forget about wearing heels. Oh, yeah. But that's the thing. In a caftan, you don't need them, and you still look dressed up. <laughs> Correct. Correct. I wear my caftans <laughs> with my fuzzy Uggs. And it Perfect. The fuzzy licious Uggs <laughs> with all the fur on it. Oh, I love those. I have them in the cream. Yeah, I have them in the pink and the black. Oh my pink gosh, the so pink anyway. is a good pink too. Oh yeah, that <laughs> and is I can talk pink. to you all day. <laughs> I know we can. We have to get together for lunch in the city. I would love that. I would love uh, that. Great, because uh, I have a feeling we're gonna. I mean, I'm getting a lot of calls now for events, and you probably are. We could probably coordinate. We will yes. talk. Okay, perfect. On to the next interview. All right. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Cindy. Bye. 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 Are you looking to update your branding and your business? Double G Designs works remotely with all businesses to create logos for stationery, business cards, social media posts, banners and posters, and all your needs for brand development. 
Gina Gelato has years of experience offering affordable logos to manufacturers, brand ambassadors, and party planners. She can be reached through her Instagram account and through her website, www.ginagelato.com. That is www.ginagelato.com. I use her for my business, and I can tell you I have gotten many compliments on my logo branding. That's Gina Gelato, double G, designs.com. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And joining us now is best-selling author Jeffrey Stevens. He has a brand new book out called Erin's, I'm sorry, let me start again. I'm reading backwards. I'm not so nervous about it getting dramatically. One sec. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And joining us now is best-selling author Jeffrey Stevens, who I think has had a brand new book that is the perfect gift for Father's Day. It's a father-son tale. It's an adventure mystery called Fool's Errand. And thank you so much for joining Cindy's Celebrity Corner. Well, thank you for having me, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. Thanks. My publisher will be thrilled. (laughs) It really is a great, exciting read. It's very entertaining. It's a quick read. I I call it a perfect summer beach read. Um, You know, you don't have to even appreciate it. Just the father-son relationship, the settings, the adventure, the appreciation of family. It's all wrapped into one. So tell us what inspired you to write this book. Well, as you and I were discussing earlier, uh, during the pandemic, uh, I have a series of spy thrillers out. And I didn't really feel the, the world needed another one of those. Uh, we were locked up with our families in some instances. In some instances, we were separated from our families. And so I wanted to write something that resonated with that. And so, as I had said, you know, you have those conversations with people, like if you could spend one more day with someone who's no longer around, who would it be? And you could go back in history, you could go to religious leaders, you could go to famous politicians. But most people say... God, if I could spend one more day with my dad or one more day with my mom. And so that got me to thinking. And so I came up with the idea for the story. And the basis of the story is that a straight shooter, young man whose father died young, finds a box of papers that his father left behind. And included in that is a letter that the father had written to the son just before he died six years earlier. And it talks about this money, this cash of money that the son should go after if anything happened to the dad. Now, the dad lived on the edges of organized crime. He was one of these guys always looking for the brass ring that he could never grab. The son is a total work-a-day straight shooter working in Manhattan and all that. And so he has to decide, do I pursue this dream on behalf of my father? And of course he does. The name of the book is Fool's Errand, so you know that he does. And so it becomes an international treasure hunt that takes us all around the globe while he's being chased by some of his father's old cronies. There's intrigue, there's action, there's romance. And there's a lot about the young man and coming to terms with his, who his father was and who he is himself. So it's a fun story. And I just thought it might touch people. Not, it's not a soppy kind of story when I say touch them. This is not some big literary opus. It's really a fun story about a father, a son, and an international treasure hunt. And it is fun. And, you know, uh, you say about during COVID, how many families started 
uh, playing puzzles again and looking for activities like scavenger hunts and treasure hunts. I know in my own family, everybody was going through boxes, finding old pictures, and we found old mementos that we never thought existed from people. And we were guessing who they belonged to. So it really resonates with everybody um, and their feelings about relationships and their past that is so important, especially for Father's Day. What I love about your book also is that it's available on Amazon. So if anybody goes to Amazon, they still have plenty of time to give the perfect gift to a father, an uncle. It's a it great be there. You order it today, it'll be there tomorrow. And yes, I know exactly what you're saying about we went through that whole thing. We looked at old pictures and, and, and members of the family long gone and, and that whole thing. And it, that all sort of contributed to it. When people read the book, they'll see all of that and how it's fun and how it all ties in. But it is a fast moving book. As you say, it's a quick read. I mean, we go from New York to Las Vegas to the south of France to Monaco, and, and it spans eras in, from, you know, from the present all the way back to the Second World War. It really is. It's a fun, fun read. And that's how that's what it was intended to be. So you really have, if you read your bio, a whole life of interest in writing. So tell us a little bit about that and about your career as a successful attorney. Yes, well, uh, I grew up in the Bronx. We were a poor family. Uh, No one in my family had ever been to college or anything like that. And so when I was in high school and I talked about wanting to be a writer in the next Ernest Hemingway or F. Scott Fitzgerald, my father politely explained that very few writers ever make money. Most of them wind up dying of booze or some other bad cause. So go out and get a profession. And if you want to write in your spare time, you go ahead and do that. So my second choice was the law. I was inspired by those programs from, from the early days and anything from Perry Mason on up to LA law. And I really wanted to write wrongs and, and help people. And I think I've done that. I think I've had a fun career, but in the last 15 or 20 years, I got more serious about my writing I met a, a, a gentleman who turned out to be a literary agent. I didn't know at the time uh, when we were introduced. And he took me under his wing and he got my first spy thriller published. And we've been off to the races since then. Well, your books are really um, something that is very visual. And I could definitely see these being made into TV and movies. Has that ever come across? I would love it. We had, we had uh, the spy thrillers optioned. And then we bumped into something called the coronavirus. And so everything for me got derailed. I mean, other things got made. But as you know, there was a, a real problem for Hollywood and for the television industry and so forth. And so uh, that, that hasn't happened yet, but I'm hoping it will. And I think Fool's Errand is a book that lends itself. It's very visual, as you say. It's intended to be cinematic, a lot of action, a lot of travel, a lot of moving around. And so hopefully people relate to that. Who would you like to be the actor playing the main character? Oh, God, I don't know. You know, Vanessa, I, I don't know. I have to think about that one. Somebody really good looking, though. Uh, but in any event, if uh, just to put in this plug, though, uh, if people want to look at what this book is about or my other books, uh, my website is jeffreystevens.com. Stevens is with a PH, which gets me in all kinds of trouble because people say they can't find my website because they don't look for a Stevens with a PH. And uh, obviously, you could look on Amazon. They have summaries of this book and my other books. Um, but this is really, this was intended for Father's Day. It was a connection between a father and a son. It was the father almost, and I don't want to sound eerie about this, but speaking from beyond and, and relating to the son in ways that maybe they didn't during his life. And things work out pretty interestingly toward the end. 
So you beat me to the punch. I was going to ask you where our listeners can find you, but you already gave it. I should tell you that I have the total belief that every day is Father's Day. Every day is Mother's Day. And your book, your book is proof of it in the sense that um, the appreciation of a family member is something that someone has. And so you probably had a great relationship in your family. It was an interesting, it was an interesting relationship. My father was quite a character, as you probably know from reading that book, because a lot of it was drawn from him. But, you know, it's so important for us never to forget that no matter how old we get, we're still someone's children. And whether they're around anymore or not, my parents are not, but they had influences on me from the things they did. They did for me, the encouragement they gave me, the criticism they gave me, whatever it was that that drives people. We all do the best we can as parents, and we should never forget that our parents did the best they could for us. That is such great advice going into June and weddings. Maybe this is a book for the uh, future groom as well, because uh, <laughs> yeah. that that is really great, great, great advice. And uh, for everybody to think about, especially first-time fathers and fathers of the bride also, because, you know, this is, you talk about fathers and right. relationships. You that's know, right. This is really, this is a, this and that's is why book. this book is so interesting and so easy and fun to read, besides the adventures you take us on, the escape. Everybody could relate to it. Thank you. And, and I really am very grateful for all the wonderful reviews I've gotten, particularly from women, many women reviewers and readers who've gotten in touch with me. They were really touched and they found it interesting. They loved the romance part of it. And when the book was over, people said the first thing I did was I picked up the phone. I called my mother. I called my father. I called my cousin, whatever it was, because you realize that family is what it's about. Jeffrey Stevens, you're always welcome back into Cindy's Celebrity Corner with your family tales, with your books. Usually your books are uh, part of a series. Perhaps a series is coming along. Who knows? We'll see what happens. So thank you so much for joining us. And again, the book is, tell everybody. Fool's Errand, Jeffrey Stevens with a PH. Get it from Amazon. Make somebody happy. They'll enjoy it, I promise you. And also your website and in stores, correct? That's correct. Oh, yeah. Support your local bookstores if you have time to do that before Father's Day. But afterwards, by all means. And JeffreyStevens.com, there's a lot of information there. It's fun to look at. Are you doing any book signings? Uh, because of COVID, no one is doing that much. It's starting to happen again. So we'll see what, where we right, are. I was going to say in the summer, now people are starting to do that. Anybody wants a signed book, let me know. You hear that? And you tell them that uh, you got it from Cindy Celebrity Corner. Jeffrey, okay. Stevens, thank you so much. Thanks, Cindy. This is wonderful. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, Cider Crusaders. I will always gladly, happily highlight and celebrate people who are on the ground fighting against critical race theory, if for no other reason, to encourage them and to encourage the rest of us to step up and join that fight as well. And I want to talk to our next guest who's been in the fight for a long time and has seen it evolve from something ugly into something uglier. Former teacher in Queens and now chair of the Jewish Vote GOP, Cindy Gross. Ms. Gross, how are you, ma'am? I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me. Great to talk to you. So, again, you've been fighting this really since 2009 or so. What what type of corruption have you seen in the New York City school district? Even longer. I worked in a school system in Queens, predominantly... uh, a minority student body and a minority uh, staff. And I saw many things that violated regulations that uh, 
basically were uh, against safety, uh, mandated reporting issues, social uh, services that are mandated by state and federal law, uh, racist and uh, inaccurate facts taught in classrooms. And I was promised whistleblower retaliation. And instead, they, uh, I, um, they retaliated against me. They broke my confidentiality, which is against the law. And coincidentally, the New York Post today, their head story is about the black parents revolting against my school and the superintendent who was in charge then. And only now people are talking about it. For years, nobody wanted to discuss this. Nobody in the media, even when I ran for Congress, even working on the National Diversity Coalition for Donald Trump. Literally, you're right. The head of the New York, the headline of the New York Post is "Black Families in Queens Revolt: Schools Failed Us," and you were the one back in mid 2000s <laughs> trying to blow the whistle on this. Would you say, for the most part, the school district leaders are inept or corrupt? Well, in 2006, there was an email going through that school district among the minority staff members that called white women docile and easy. I immediately sent it directly to Randy Weingarten, who was then the president of the United Federation of Teachers, now is the uh, United American Federation of Teachers uh, union leader, who has been for over a year the leader of keeping school closed and talking about uh, every kind of issue but supporting our students into quality education. And when I sent this to her, her remark to me was, seen this before many times. And uh, where did I get this? They had no interest in trying to solve a problem, whether or not it was the mandated re uh, reporting issues, whether or not it was hiding uh, weapons. Uh, my principal slapped a student on their bottom. Uh, I reported it. The student actually came out and testified against the principal, but I was blamed for it. Uh, I exposed in the school, the very school that's named in the New York Post article today, a nonprofit organization that was running out of the school. After they retaliated against me over a year later, the person who I whistle blew about and that organization was found guilty of embezzlement and stealing money from the nonprofit. This has been yeah, going on are, for years. But, they're the absolute uh, worst. Where, where would you? So you saw just corruption and just the worst. But now it's it's a double down because now we've got critical race theory. So how what do you think is the most egregious critical race theory teaching that you've seen and heard? And what are we doing to fight it? So I am a known Jewish activist and uh, I have seen for many years the anti-Semitism in schools. Uh, there was an issue where we were at a staff meeting and we were told that it's because of the Jewish holidays, we can't get math and reading lessons started on time. I was retaliated against uh, in so many ways because I am a proud Jew. Uh, I will tell you that I have now a load of information from other teachers. There's a handout that was given out that uh, to students that said African-Americans came to America for compensation and better lives. And we all know that's not true. And also elementary school handout that teaches that Ramses II is uh, a, a person to be honored by the black community. Ramses II was the person who enslaved Jews. 
by the same token, the principal in my school who actually stole money from HUD as government agency was allowed to come back, wrote on his school calendar, CP time is not accepted here, and got a slap on a hand from the superintendent who the New York Post article actually points out was later arrested for what sexual misconduct. If I, as a white woman, would have wrote that on any kind of lesson, I would have been on CNN, a headshot with the Daily News, demanding all kinds of lawsuits against me. This person was allowed to keep a job after that. So it's from all ages, all ranges of Mm -hmm. uh, levels of backgrounds. But uh, I'm very happy to see that finally something is being, you know, discussed about it because for so many years, no one wanted to talk to me. I got one last question for you, um, just to bring really all of this together. The other day, the L.A. Teachers Union voted on a uh, resolution or whatever, uh, calling out Israel and saying Israel's an apartheid state and we got to support the Palestinians and, you know, divest from Israel and all this absolute anti-Semitic garbage. Uh, so there's that. And then there's also why is the teachers union even being even involved in that at all? But I think that gets to the root of everything you're talking about here with the anti-Semitism out of out of this leadership. Where does this come from and why is there so much anti-Semitism in the teachers union? Yes, there is. There was a professional development in 2005 or six, I believe, out of the Bronx that was supposed to be about uh, a history of the five boroughs. And it came out that uh, it was run by a Muslim who was uh, talking about Jews owning all the money. There's been staff issues. I am a very big Donald Trump supporter. I think he did a lot of great things. And I hope that in 2022, he actually, whatever he plans to do, makes sure he fulfills the promise he did in 2015 to actually eliminate the Department of Education power altogether or diminish it because our tax dollars are going to this. And you say L.A., it's been brought up in Boston already. And yesterday in New York, there was a U of T plan rally about how to teach Palestine in uh, textbooks mm. and in classrooms. So this, you know, it used to be Common Core, globalism. They just changed the names of it. The effects of COVID and parents becoming a little more aware of the failures of schools and getting back to school yep. is making this the topic now. Cindy Gross, Jewish Vote GOP. Cindy, great to talk to you. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, ma'am. Welcome back to Cindy Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. I am super, super excited to share with you our brand new contributor, our savvy over 60 contributor, Robin Thompson. I listened to many of you about what you wanted out of our show and try to incorporate everybody into their own corner. And I knew that many of my listeners were very interested in both professional and personal issues for people that are like a fine wine, getting better with age. So I actually interviewed multiple people about being a part of the uh, show and being a part of 60 Over Savvy. And I am very happy to introduce to our audience, our contributor, the winner of the contest, because (laughs) she just has a smile that you're going to feel through the voice. 
and you're going to right away embrace her. Miss Robin Thompson, welcome to Cindy Celebrity Corner. And thank you so much for agreeing to be a part of our show. Thank you for picking me. I, I'm in the, um, the winner in more than one way. Um, I, I feel likewise about you. You put passion into talk shows, and I love it. The podcasts well, are fabulous. Well, people ask me all the time, uh, what do I want from my audience? And I say to them, what does my audience want from me? I'm honored that mm-hmm. they want to talk to me. They want me to listen to them. They want to share. And what we found out during COVID, AM radio really has the most loyal followings. So I try to listen to all that. And when I spoke to you, I knew you fit right into the show. You have the most amazing background professionally. Every time we started a discussion, you were telling me a story about this client or this event you chaired or this person you met. And I knew right away your stories would resonate with our audience. Tell us a little bit about Robin Thompson. It's funny because I started my professional career. uh, My foster father told me, that I'd gotten enough credits in high school to leave. So I left mid-year at 17, put on a structured suit and drove to downtown Houston, walked into the first building and the elevator stopped at law firm. And I said, I can type and take, I can type 90 and take shorthand 225. And she looked up, you know, a, a seasoned lady. So after I quit, she called me down from bursting into tears. She offered me a job. Okay, it's 300 a month. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> Okay, you can't say the word hell on radio. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so I have to start that part again, all right? I'm so sorry. So do it again. Start it again and just go a little bit slower because, like, I talk I fast. You talk fast, like me, but also um, when talking the numbers and stuff, some people not, might not understand that. Okay. Okay, so let's start with the question. Tell us a little bit about Robin Thompson. You know, I started my career by accident, the one that I had a passion for, and it's evolved. Uh, I ended up at 17, um, having enough credits to graduate early and um, drove downtown, put on my structured suit, um, got into first building, the elevator opened to a law firm. And I told the lady behind the desk I could type 90 and back in 73, that was impressive because typewriters didn't plug into the wall and took shorthand at 225 and she offered me a job back then that was you know i don't think we could pay our parking with it um so i started there uh as a shorthand steno clerk file room but one of the first persons i met was their investigative reporter for channel 13 um and thought that was pretty cool um and found my own way to work through that system to explore every piece of it i think it developed my love of data and putting puzzles together and watching uh how things grew i still describe i have a blog that i wrote called is shorthand a dead language but a gentleman walked in that day he had five packs of cigarettes cup of coffee a bunch of notebooks and 
uh, said he didn't trust depositions to those kids with the machines. It was a symphony. Um, and so I've worked through every part of legal and information as an asset up to where I am today is market strategy and predicting the market direction uh, to make a short story long. Um, it, it's just, you know, there wasn't a window, so I took out a chainsaw and made my own way. So you, know, you just taught me so many lessons that I didn't know about, first of all, about you, but our audience. Everybody wants the easy way. They want to be uh, at the top. They want right away instant gratification. You just gave us like a half a dozen lessons just in four minutes. Start at the bottom, work your way to the top, appreciate, and trust yourself to do your own job. You investigated on your own. No one told you to do it, correct? Exactly. Absolutely. And probably you use that in your everyday life today and in your business life. I do. I would look at uh, some of the most fun I had was looking at the evidence of a case. I always said the witness is a lie, but the truth is in the documents. And that's back when we were looking at coffee stained logs uh, where someone might have flipped a cigarette and, and was shaking hands with St. Peter, you know, a few seconds later, looking at those logs would put you in that moment. You knew what made logical sense about how that event might've occurred. Uh, and I took it upon myself to go do deep research on what had happened. And I would turn up the most amazing things uh, through that investigation, through the data. So, Tell us how that early experience led you to where you are today and how you use it in your business today because you are busier than ever. And I know how hard it is for me to reach you. You didn't let COVID stop you. You just let it change around maybe the agenda a little bit of how to get to the end. So tell us how... Today, Robin Thompson runs a very successful marketing agency. You're very, very kind. At 65, I consider that the last third of my career. I got 30 or more to go. I'll die at my desk because I love what I do. I just see it as part and parcel, Cindy, of what I had done. The investigative part, rather than complain, I had sold for a while. Number one salesman of legal solutions hated the leads I was getting. I said, rather than choose someone out, let's invent a better wheel a better mousetrap, for lack of a better word. So I started experimenting with data sources and Six Sigma and to see if I could read buying signals and the future of the market. And I would start making predictions that people thought, oh, there's no way. And soon enough, there they came. And I always figure if I make enough good predictions correct, then they're going to see the merit because a lot of it's gut. But if I look at a market where um, I see all of a sudden litigation is calling for certified records managers, I'm seeing them as a buyer. I'm seeing IT as a buyer. 
Um, I'm seeing information is worth money. How would a criminal get into a large company? BYOD, bring your own disaster. Um, you, whatever separates your device is not unhackable. In fact, they take it as a challenge. So I'll look for those. What is an easier way for a hacker to get to data? Two years ago, I predicted that the largest um, installation of review software would be held for ransom, and here we were last year. It happened. Why would they go from law firm to law firm when they could go attack one place? So I, I think it plays a part in the investigation of finding new ways to discover um, someone's buyer faster to tell their story because truly a buyer does not care what's on that website they don't want to know you have 50 awards or this they want to have a relationship with you they want to like you um sort of they don't want to be sold to they want to see what you can do for their pnl can you solve my business problem and so it's the data that tells you that it's the investigation does that make sense i i actually am taking notes as you're talking because you're teaching me and I'm fascinated because I want to learn. And that's one of the reasons I brought you on. I See, It's not just data or it's not just a personality. It's a little bit of everything. And that's what makes success. And I think that um, as you were talking about this, I think you have... I would be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the clients you have worked with because your portfolio of who you worked with really was what took me over the top with you. I mean, because you are so respected with so many people. I have been honored, Cindy, to work for C-Sutman, God rest his soul who was probably one of the most brilliant legal minds in our industry. He was the creator of the reverse contingency fee for companies who had been sued and let's say they were being sued for 30 and he got them out for 10. His contingent was based on 20. So that's a reverse contingent. He did some of the most notable class action, corrugated container, take or pay, um, uh, uh, oh, shoot, uh, Hunt Brothers. And he didn't bother to learn your name till you'd been there six months because people couldn't take the pressure. I thrived off of it. I thought it was way cool. Uh, working with Marion Rosen. Oh, my gosh, in heaven. We're talking about the woman who worked with Candace Mossler. And Marion has the most delicate voice and doesn't even say, shoot. You wore hose, a suit. And dressed properly in her firm. And she was one of the most successful criminal lawyers moving into breast implant where we were on court TV. And I ran her evidence. And the coolest story I have from that one is I was running down to the council meeting and said, all these minutes look the same. They were Bristol Myers. And um, they said, yes, they do. We have already noticed that. And I said, which one of you used the laser printer in 1947? And they were all repetitive. They were all rewritten. No two lasers had kern alike. The A's and E's are different. Um, and finding those cool things like gives me goosebumps. Um, and, and being able to, to locate those and bust a case. But, uh, Aon Corporation, I shattered every marketing record they had 
500 global marketers with some very innovative, edgy ideas. So I, I feel like I'm talking to Erin Brockovich here. <laughs> oh, I, let me tell you, I, I equate my, my paralegal life to hers. I could tell you so many things I found that broke a case. What do you think about some of the cases that are ongoing today, especially, I mean, you see the headlines, and I, I don't want to get political here, but you do see the idea of uh, you probably came from the guilt, innocent until proven guilty motto, and that's right. guilty by social media before you even have a lawyer. I don't get it. I really don't get it where you're proving your own innocence. And I, I stand up that for that every time in every aspect of my life. You're asking me to prove that I did not do something rather than you're having to prove to me that this action occurred because that's where the burden lies. You can't throw someone on the defense. Um, I, I don't agree with that. I think that that, that the burden still is uh, on us to prove and not try someone. We just lost. It's a you love him or hate him, but we just lost F. Lee Bailey, and he caught my attention in the Shepherd versus Maxwell case when he got out of the Air Force. He took on that appeal and changed the way trials were done forever. One of the most brilliant cross-examiners. His life took a turn, but that's what that man gave us was a fair trial where you were not tried in the press. So I have to, you know, there's so much to talk about. And, of course, we're going to be back next month. But everybody's going to call me afterwards or write to me and say, where is she from with that accent? Tell us us a little bit about your background. And we're not even going to talk about the book that's about your life. That's going to be next time. Okay. You are going to just love Robin just as much as I do. And I'm literally sitting here taking notes about everything she's discussing because I'm going to incorporate her tips into my business uh, profile and my business agenda. And I hope you are too. Tell us a little bit about Robin. Robin was born and spent 55 years in Texas. Uh, on in June of 2011, a girlfriend of mine had taken a job in Arizona, and I actually was looking for a way out of Texas at the time. And I figured the benefit was having the guy move and pay for the move because I knew I couldn't save his business. But if I could get a six thousand dollar move paid for, great, because this was the place I needed to be. Once I got here, I was able to explode my theories because at that time. Um, uh, maybe this resonates with some of your other uh, listeners, but at it, you know, at sixties, I'm competing with six foot tall, blue eyed blondes, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick them <laughs> and then win. And I had to invent ways to shorten pipelines and and uh, make marketing count. And I loved the challenge and took it. So if you do hear an accent, it's from the South. I do know um, I lived in Louisiana for a while, but mainly Texas is what you hear. And tell us a little bit about, I mean, you just gave us a whole other segment that we could just do just on at 60 moving and starting a whole new life. Yes. That that is an unbelievable story. And now you're going to tell us, is this guy still with you? No, 
Um, <laughs> he, he, he folded within, oh my word, six months. And for me, the risk was okay. I think the only disappointing thing, and my daughter and I talked about that, I'm a late life mom. Um, she would have been accepted to Carnegie Vanguard, which only 230 kids a year. U.S. wide get accepted to. And she said, no home is where you are. Arizona, it does not have the best schools. But she made it through ASU Barrett and just got her master's from USC and I didn't have to bribe a soul. No. <laughs> she earned got, her own way. And you still have your move. You rebuilt I do. Yourself. We made it. And you, it was scary. Your laugh and smile are just coming so through the microphones. Robin, tell us a little bit about where our audience can find you. I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, and um, uh, I don't know how granular you want the contact, but they can always call me or text me on my cell. But you have my email uh, if you want to get that, or I can. It's do you have uh, a, a website, a social? Yes, media? it's. I know you are a lot of social. Oh, Brilliant. Uh, LinkedIn, you'll find me easy. I took, I added my middle name Athlon because there's too many Robin Thompsons, but it's, uh, LinkedIn.com slash in slash Robin Athlon Thompson. And then my, uh, Twitter is at Robin Athlon. And then I'm on Facebook also, but I'll answer all of those. And if you want to, if you feel comfortable passing out my contact, I trust you, um, to do that. But well, they can always I, reach me on my website or through my social absolutely. media. I'm not going to publish your phone number or email. yeah they should go through you yeah yes okay i have a couple of quick questions that like one answers oh god who is your um favorite i guess over 60 like person you admire accidental icon i'm sorry accidental icon Um, who was your favorite celebrity that you like, uh, as far as like a movie, like who, like if you have a time to watch movies, who do you watch? Denzel Washington. I would never guess that. That's why. I think he's one of the best character actors in the way that he talks. He reminds me of Poitier, Billy D. Williams, um, of course, um, Anthony Hopkins of that ilk. There is a realness to their character portrayal that touches you. Plus, he did Pelican Brief um, and some um, other things that were... Oh, uh, uh, the one where the criminal uh, hid in his head. That was a great one. Favorite um, fashion designer? Chanel. Coco Chanel. Favorite fashion accessory? I know it already, I think. Glasses? <laughs> <laughs> you have the best gl- eyeglass collection, second to none. Thank you. I buy, yeah, I buy a bunch of them. Uh, Favorite um, food? Wonton soup. Mm, why? I like the flavor of the simple, not all of the stuff in it. The uh, chicken broth, the noodle, pork, and spinach. I like to make it fresh. Oh, you make your own. So you mean I you're going to teach us how to cook, too. What does, <laughs> so what doesn't a savvy over 60 contributor do? Because we've learned... So much about you already. 
they don't believe in the words, it cannot be done. By the time someone finishes that sentence, I've done it, franchised it, sold it, reinvested it. I That's what they do. They, they never believe it can't be done. So I'm going to say we're not done with you here. <laughs> but our time is flying and we have to cut for a commercial. Robin Thompson I am so happy you agreed to join our family. You have a very special corner in our hearts. And I can't wait to share all of your experiences because I'm just learning so much just sitting here and talking to you in 15 minutes. I'm an old storyteller. Thank you, Cindy. It's my honor. Trust me. Thank you so much. We'll be back after the commercial. Hi, this is Donnie Most, and I always enjoy listening to Cindy's Celebrity Corner with Cindy Gross. Welcome back to Cindy's Celebrity Corner. I am your host, Cindy Gross. And just like that, the hour flew by. I promised you great guest, great conversation, and lots of information to think about. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please let me know what you think. You can reach out to me through my website, Cindy's Corners, and email me through there. Or you can reach me and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Never miss an episode. Download it on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Podbean, Jewish Podcast. And you can also listen to us through the TalkLine Radio Networks. Thank you for joining Cindy Celebrity Corner, where all our angles and points meet and where you don't have to be Jewish to enjoy the Celebrity Corner. Thank you and have a good night.